You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, my very special guest uh, today is uh, Stephen Driver. Now, Stephen is the assistant pastor of Broadstone Baptist Church, and he's on the organising committee of the Bournemouth uh, Bible Week. So you, you've been pretty busy one way or another this last few weeks. Yeah, certainly. Getting ready for uh, the... The fur, the fur, just kind of getting everything together and talking to Colin Smith and Paul, making sure we're all on the same track, same uh, same uh, thought process. So it's very exciting. Well, we'll talk a wee bit more you know, about the, the you know the Bible weekend and the speakers and all of the content. And uh, uh, but let's talk a wee bit about you first of all. I mean, uh, obviously you came to faith when you were you were you were in your teens, were you? Yeah, when I was about uh, fourteen years old. Um, uh, I, I'm not from a Christian home though. You know, I I grew up in uh, Blandford, and the church was just down the road. And is that Blandford Evangelical Church? Blandford Evangelical Church, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so Brooke McCallum was the uh, senior pastor there at the time with Adam Skirton, who I believe is uh, in Poland now. And um, yeah, I just uh, just turned up one day when I was seven years old because there was nothing on TV, nothing to do. <laughs> when uh, you were seven? When I was seven, yeah. Goodness I don't me. think safeguarding was really as high a priority back then, so no one really minded. Those were the days, weren't Those they? were the days, yeah. Uh, and so I just started uh, coming along and, uh, and hearing the gospel there and, and engaging with the church. Uh, but, you know, I was there for seven years before I actually made any profession of faith that was real and true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, so... And when it came to that bit, what what was the crunch for you? I think uh, basically, I went to an evening meeting, uh, and I I used to play up all the time. You know, not, <laughs> I, I actually made a habit of trying to see how far I could push my Sunday school leaders uh, before they kicked me out. So you're a real boy then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was the, <laughs> that was the trick. Um, but I, so I used to play up, and I went to an evening meeting and uh, expect, expected the youth group to be there. Uh, they weren't. Uh, I had not been told that they'd gone to the far side, I think it was, at the time. And uh, they hadn't told me. <laughs> so The rotters. The rotters. <laughs> so I went to the evening meeting uh, without any of my friends there. And I think... Really, really, that basically the, the destructions were taken away. The wanting to play up for my friends were was taken away, and I, I really, truly listened and kind of understood that at the age of kind of thirteen, fourteen, that I needed to make my own choice uh, and not just kind of go with the flow. Uh, and um, really, and I remember just going, God, you know, if you're real, if you're true, you know, I, I want to, I want, I want to experience you. I want to know you, and. Really, at that moment, I just got this real overwhelming sense of his presence um, that I still um, can, you know, recount to today and, and know that, that that his presence is still with me. Um, and it kind of overwhelmed me, actually. And you could imagine a 13-year-old, 14-year-old uh, teenage boy not particularly wanting to get emotional in front of a bunch of adults. So I remember um, going to the back part of the room and uh, hiding away and just, you know, just overflowing with... Uh, with, uh, it took you by tears. surprise it, a bit. Then. It took me by surprise. Yeah, it wasn't something I was kind of expecting. I was kind of going, "Oh, what, you know, what what is this?" Um, and so, you know, from from that point, my life has been uh, so different, uh, and I can see fundamental just character changes that happened quite quickly. Even, um, you know, where I wasn't wanting to play up, I was started getting really serious about. Um, coming to church hearing god's word being part of the community there and and also reaching my friends i got really passionate about 
you know, reaching people in Blanford, uh, something that's always stuck with me, actually, um, you know, reaching local communities and, you know, because often when I was a child, there was so much talk about overseas mission and overseas mission is great and fantastic. Um, but I went to a school where I was one of the only Christians there in a school of 2,500-ish uh, teenagers. So, um I suddenly got incredibly passionate about well, we should be doing stuff here in in our town and and things and you know it's just inspired. I've basically uh, that's been a passion of mine all my life since well, since then really to just um, share Jesus with people in my local community. Well, we'll talk about we a bit more about yeah. that, a lot more about that as as, yeah. as we as we go on. So then, obviously, with your life choices, you know, in terms of your education and so on. Uh, uh, well, well I've, before we get there, maybe yeah. I should ask you about your family because obviously, not having had any Christian yeah. background, you go home and obviously it must have been quite tough not having you know that that home support. Yeah, it was there there really interesting because you know i love my family and um they they they're very positive about christianity as a idea so you know so they'll when I, when i'm an assistant pastor my mum is very proud of the fact that i've uh that i'm uh doing a, a role that she sees as a benefit to the community and so she you know she she's very proud of that my dad equally so so they've got that kind of christianity Christians are generally good, and Stephen therefore is doing really good things. So there wasn't any major opposition from home then. No, in fact, I think they were just really happy that I was doing something productive with my time. Uh, you know, something that uh, you know, and there are a lot of Blanford is is um, a lot of people my age at the time I was growing up that were getting into drugs and things, and so I think they thought, well. He's going to church. He's probably not going to be doing a, that. A perfect diversion. Yeah, a perfect diversion. So they they saw they saw lots of positives from it. I think they never really thought it was uh, a bad thing. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm not one of these people who've had a really uh, a lot of pushback from my family. Um, when I shared the gospel with them, I think that was probably the only one of the only times where I actively did it because they assumed that they uh, are Christians because they are English I think would be what they're and that's you know, not uncommon isn't it because no. often if you ask people as we did in the census didn't we you know what religion are most people will either well they maybe put no but quite a lot of people maybe put something like C of E yeah. uh, or whatever because I suppose that it's the Christian values uh, that appeal to many people and they embrace it maybe not really fully understand Understanding what being a Christian is really all about. Yeah, that that would be typical of my family. Family, um, you know. So my mum and dad have always been really supportive of what I've done, um, and I've had re- and actually my brother and my sister, who both uh, don't know the Lord, they they they've not been against it, um, and but they've they're probably the most well, in my family that have pushed back against what I believe. Um, my sister's. My sister in particular, because um, she's a science teacher, so she she often goes, "Well, you can't believe this," um, and we have some good discussions. <laughs> so <laughs> that's good. Mind you, it's not a bad thing really to have a bit of challenge, isn't it? Because uh, yeah. I suppose that if you were a crumple on any challenge, it wouldn't say much about your faith, would yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, 
That's uh, Robin Mark there, uh, Be Thou My Vision. Of course, one of the great hymns uh, that will be sung if you go along to the Bournemouth Bible Week, which I hope you all will do because it's going to be a fabulous uh, time. And uh, Stephen Driver is here with me to tell us uh, all about it. But we're talking a bit about him, first of all. Now, obviously, uh, you had to make some education choices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was going on in your head in terms of your thinking about what you'd like to do with your life? Well, um, I grew up uh, as a in a musical family so my dad used to play for the Royal Signals band and so I grew up uh, very much inspired by that and wanted to get into music so I trained as a trombone player and uh, I went down the route initially to do exactly the same with my dad Mm -hmm. Um, So the forces would have been an option? Yeah certainly I did the the Look at Life course I remember having to go to the a signals regiment and train uh, to how to march and play at the same time, you know, which is a skill. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, and, um, uh, but that didn't kind of turn out uh, in the way that uh, I initially wanted to. And uh, I eventually, uh, but music was still a massive passion for me. And I, I knew that whatever I uh, did at that time, music was, you know, going to be involved in that. Um, and so I went off to the university to study music at Plymouth University. Uh, and the reason I chose that one wasn't really because of grades, because I had better grades. I could have gone to uh, some London universities, which would have been probably better and would have connected me <laughs> far better than Plymouth. Um, but I went to Plymouth actually because I, f- um, I felt at the time that God was calling me there. I didn't know why. I just was like, it seems like God's... Oftentimes you don't, do you? You, know, you get this sense, but you don't always, often know. It's only when you look back that you... Yeah, and yeah. I look back at it and go, oh, that's why he took me to Plymouth. That's why I was there. And uh, and so I studied music, and uh, I managed to uh, do quite well with that. <laughs> um, uh, and, yeah, I still, still play today. Um, still enjoy it. Obviously, God took me in a very different direction. <laughs> and when you were studying, were you studying all all genres of music, origins of music and so on? Yeah, so at the degree level at Plymouth, they did uh, something called ethnomusicology. So we did... Uh, uh, which is world music to to most people's is, um, but the idea of studying music from the co- the perspective of the people who actually write it, rather than our our Western idea of music, but also composition, having to write sonatas and things like that, and um, also um, just performance, uh, which was the one thing that I really wanted to do. So, I think most musicians doing a music degree just really want to play their instrument as much as possible. And so I got to do that quite a lot. Now, you said you were playing the the, the trombone. Yes. Uh, Any other instrument? Well, uh, not really. I had to play the... I played the drums for the church because uh, the church didn't have anyone playing the drum kit. And I thought... Well, how hard could Calabash? that? How hard could that be? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, famous last words. Yeah, famous yeah. last words. Yeah, and uh, but I, I did get quite proficient on it. Uh, I call myself a church drummer. You know, I can't drum for anybody else, but I can play drums for church. Um, but the uh, I also at, in my at the music degree, you had to learn another instrument whilst you were there. So um, because I was quite lazy on that, I actually got a friend to teach me the double bass, which uh, just has so many similarities to the trombone in terms of the music side of things of bass clef and stuff um that i knew i could probably um sort that out pretty quickly um (laughs) just to pass the i know how to play the uh the bass um 
so yeah so but mainly the trombone is the main thing and and still is um I'm most proficient on that. And of course, music is a great leveler because mm. when you think of music, it often um, takes us back to times in our lives where particular songs and uh, mm. uh, tunes spark memories. Uh, but then also the whole creative side of mm. being able to express through music. Uh, which, which part do you enjoy the most? Is it the performance? I. For me, yeah, it's always the performance. Um, it's you just get so excited when you do it. I've played in front of um, crowds of people, and because um, the, the way I, I I'm not a traditional trombone player, I, I kind of went into doing ska music. So things, uh, bands like the Specials and Madness, uh, and did that kind of thing, and you get a very different crowd um, to those kind of things, and they get so excited. Uh, when you play you get to do uh tunes that people recognize and actually linking back to what you said about the whole memory thing when you're playing scar music which is kind of 80s based and you see all these kind of men who are similar age to my dad or my uncles and things and suddenly they become teenagers <laughs> of course uh, they <laughs> suddenly take, take them back to when they were teenagers yeah and they suddenly just regress everywhere and you see these people who you know were moving quite slowly before suddenly spring into life and uh, are causing chaos and you're just hoping that the people who are running the concert aren't annoyed with what they're doing Um. (laughs) now you said earlier on about you know the the, one of the big passions since you became a christian you know uh, way back when you were seven and then obviously uh, uh, when you were 14 having that wonderful experience that, that obviously being able to share the gospel became mm. a passion. Uh, going to university, because a lot of people really struggle when they go to university, don't they? But, and I, I guess in the same way, you know, uh, that people associate to develop friendships all over the place mm. and find it difficult to maybe translate the faith that they have into into. Yeah. The, how, how did you find things going? Did that passion was that passion always there? So the, I was actually more waning on the uh, the kind of final years in Blanford. I was kind of you know just going through the motions of church and actually university really brought those passions back to life um so i got involved in the christian union uh so anyone who's considering going to university i would always point them to the christian union because um their whole ethos uh is to be a missional community on campus reaching uh students for christ and i was really up for that I thought this is fantastic. This is what I've been waiting for um, to do, and I got in. I got particularly in my first year, just got knee deep in the l- life of the Christian Union, and uh, we did a thing called tea and toast and pancakes, which is uh, oh, you see, using the stomach again, using the stomach. So we would on a Friday night between midnight and three a.m. we would um, give out tea uh, on kind of this walkway uh, as people were kind of going into the club and out of the club, uh, but. We'd also uh, student union, the student union club, yeah, and then we'd also, uh, but then we'd invite them to this uh, building that we had use of, where we'd either give them toast, uh, or more likely, what they wanted was the pancakes, uh, which we had a whole team of people just dedicated to making pancakes. But we were able to just share the gospel very regularly there. We had so many conversations, so many people come to church as a result of that work, and. it was a small thing, but it inspired me to then share, my, be more confident in my faith, um, in my with my student friends doing music. I mean, you said an important thing there, and uh, you used the word confidence. Mm. Um, of course, a lot of people aren't confident about sharing their faith. Did you find that it was in the doing of it, even though you 
probably had a little bit of fear and trembling. Mm, certainly. <laughs> uh, um, what was it that helped you to overcome? I think it was just exposure. Um, I think that's for for most people. It's the it's the fear of actually doing it and not having the right words, thinking you're just going to be an, an idiot and all that. Kind I've of been thing. asked an awkward question. You can't answer exactly. Um, and the CU was a really good training base because they used to say things like, "If you don't know the answer to the question." Just say I don't know, but I and but then if you feel confident in saying this, go. Um, I don't know, but that's a really good question. I'd love to explore that further with you if you'd like to. Um, so you know, would you like me to take your number and we can sort out a conversation like ne- maybe next week? So I've had some time mm. to look at it or, and speak to a pastor about that. Um, so there's always that. There, it was really good kind of training for recognizing when you don't know things and being comfortable with that Um, but also recognizing that people are far more interested in uh, faith and in uh, spirituality and uh, they're really open to hearing that and the main thing is for us to listen back as well to listen to, uh, to what they think life is about and then just kind of uh, just push back on a couple of things and ask them, well, what, how does that actually work? Were you surprised about that? I mean, because obviously if you ask the average person today, they'll say, oh, well, you know, nobody's going to church these days. Mm. And, and there's quite a lot of negative talking around and thinking yeah. and so on. It seems to me from what you're saying that your experience of of just encountering fellow students was anything but negative. Yeah, I... I I had very close atheist friends and we would have discussions regularly. So they were happy to talk about the concept of God. Yeah. Uh, or ab- no God in their case. Absolutely. <laughs> they they absolutely loved talking about God more than some of my fellow Christians did. <laughs> um, <laughs> they weren't they weren't atheists who said, I'm an atheist, thank God, were they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, but they, they, uh, I genuinely found that sh- the student age, um, I think UCCF would actually say this, it's kind of uh, the 18 to 25-year-old old kind of um, demographic are incredibly open they're exploring new things because they normally like me come from a a small town kind of uh, they've had life defined by them by their parents but now there's this kind of period of oh let's explore things let's let's look at life and so when you start presenting Christianity to them um, some of them will go oh you know that's something I learned at school Um, but most of them will go, oh, okay, so there's actually adults who t- who think these things through and it isn't just a fairy tale. Well, let's talk about that. Like, that sounds interesting to me. So I think that particularly the 20 to 25 age demographic are really open to hearing the gospel. And um, I've got friends who work in the UCCF uh, staff workers and they, they tell me this. They said this is still the case. They, um, they're v- young people are very, very open. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Now, of course, I've been talking to Stephen Driver, who's on the organising committee for this year's Bournemouth Bible Week. But somebody else who will be well known to you, who's also on the organising committee, is, is Darren Peach. Good morning to you, Darren. Very good morning to you, Blair. Now, you've been involved with the Bournemouth Bible Week now for some years because I know that you and Adrian and so on have, have very much sell the books and so on. But, of course, you've, you've actually been planning the whole thing, haven't you, with your fellow workers? Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think before you phoned exactly when it was I first started getting involved. I, I think around about 
99-2000, we did our first bookstore when it was at Westcliff Baptist. And so we supplied just the bookstore for a while. And then it moved around town to St. Andrews. It's been at Lansdowne. And we started to do the refreshments because we were saying that if people, if there's not refreshments, people won't stay and buy the books. So, uh, And around about that point, so maybe 12, 13, 14 years ago, something like that, I got involved and was asked to come and join the organising committee. So I've been on it ever since. And of course, every year is different. This year, the theme is growing in faith, hope and love. How do you, how do you come together to decide what the theme for any one year is going to be? That's a very good question. Um, uh, well, between us, we sort of we, we have the speakers um, usually a, a year or so in advance. Um, they may say to us, "I've got this series that uh, has, has worked at Keswick or has worked somewhere else. Um, w- would you mind if we did that?" And from there, we possibly then get a title out of it. Um, but it, yeah, it's maybe over quite a few committee meetings we eventually come up with a, a title. Um, emails go out to people like Stephen and myself to say yes or no uh, and it's tweaked until we come up with it so yeah that's that's how we do it now of course one thing uh, deciding a theme another thing is getting the right people to deliver and you've got you've got two uh, people i know you're going to be talking about some of the books that they've got uh, available but you've got paul coulter and uh, colin smith uh, this year and uh, uh, paul is he doing the the, uh, the fifth series so, yeah, so Paul is doing the mornings, which is at Christchurch Westbourne, so he'll be doing three mornings from the Wednesday to the Friday. Uh, he's doing Living by Faith. Paul is the head of uh, Ministry of Operations for Living Leadership, so his expertise really is in um, ministering to leaders and pastors, and uh, he's actually going to be um, speaking about that on the Leaders' Day, and uh, one of his books backs that up as well. So we're very, very delighted to have him along for the Faith and Fruitfulness on Wednesday, Faith with Foundations on Thursday and Faith in Fulfilment on the Friday morning. And of course the evening messages then are going to be focusing on the life of of Peter. Um, Was that a a difficult choice to choose Peter? Because he's a bit impetuous chap, wasn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well that would have been again something that would have come through the speaker, Colin Smith. Uh, He would have uh, had thoughts already about the fact that he thought that Bournemouth Bible Week would fit doing Peter uh, and so we're going to yeah, go, go on a roller coaster journey of um, with him for Peter we're going to talk about his calling first of all and of course there's all, something for all of us in that uh, the confidence that he began to grow as he grew faith in the Lord Jesus his confession of Christ when Peter said to him who do you say I am uh, and then of course his fall um, when he denied Christ at the, uh, after the, the crucifixion. But then on the Friday, we can't leave him there, we're going to see his restoration when the Lord Jesus personally turned to him and asked him to, to feed his sheep. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, I think it's a good character to, to look at. I certainly can... Um, associate with Peter in my Christian life. Sometimes my faith's been very strong and sometimes it hasn't and I think most of us go on that sort of uh, plateau, high rises during our Christian life. So hopefully that'll be something for everybody in that. Now you've seen a lot of changes uh, over the years and and I know this this event is always very well attended. People coming from a number of of different churches. Are you getting good vibes for this year? Are, are, Are you expecting healthy numbers? We're hoping certainly for more than the first year back after COVID. Um, last year, we were probably at about 60% of what we would normally be. Yeah, because well, uh, people were year, cautious, weren't they? 
That's right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but now, you know, we're into four, fifth, fifth vaccinations for most people. Uh, my experience of church is that it's very full and everybody that can be is back. Of course, some people, uh, COVID was a horrid time and that they haven't really been out since. But So from that respect, I'm hoping for more. But because it's a free event and you don't have the book, uh, we are hoping and praying that it will be more people this year. So maybe we'll be at somewhere near the sort of uh, three to 400 that we normally have. And I mean, although you know, obviously you advertise the event through churches and so on, I mean, as I was talking to Steve and he was, we, we've been chatting about how he found faith and so on and, and, and the openness that there is among people uh, to learn about the gospel, maybe, maybe more so than any of us sort of credit people with. Do you find that the event also d- attracts people who maybe are curious about Christian things, not quite there yet, lots of questions? Do, do they come to the event? Yeah, well, in my experience over the years, certainly that has happened. I've um, seen, you know, Christians that I know who have brought friends along who are just looking, and they've um, some of them have gone on to then start a Alpha course or a Christianity Explored course, and some of them have come to faith. So, yeah, you would say that the the, the speakers are speaking to Christians and trying to grow Christians in their faith, so that we can then uh, evangelize and mature disciples. But certainly, that there are people that come that are interested in the Christian faith, and uh, we hope we accommodate them in, in what is said from the platform. Now, Stephen Driver is here with me in, in the studio, and we've been talking about the Bournemouth Bible Week, and of course there, it was just suddenly revealed uh, that it is uh, National Music Day today. <laughs> well, of course, you having done your degree in music, uh, it, I saw your face like Yes, up. yeah. It's, it's, it's very good. It's good. Celebrating music and its effects on people is a, a very, very good thing. Um, but I'm actually, I was th- talking with some members of our church the other day about um, how we can best serve uh, people with dementia Mm. And music, uh, I immediately jumped on because uh, if you so, as soon as you start playing a song that uh, people recognise, it's like they they like I said earlier uh, with playing sky music, they they regress, they go back to that time when they first heard it, yeah. and uh, and it recounts. They, they'll be they won't be able to remember maybe their name, but suddenly they'll hear. It's a long term memory, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a long term memory, and it's also there's a part of your brain that um, where music basically kind of resides, and it kind of unlocks other parts of your brain. I remember seeing a, a picture of a person's brain when they're listening to music. It's it's like a firework display goes off in your mm-hmm. in your brain. And of course, in in worship, uh, I guess the the the. the the tasks that every worship leader has uh, and having done this you'll understand mm. it's sort of leading people into the presence of God isn't it and yeah. uh, it's, it's a bit of an awesome task isn't it yeah well it, when taking that kind of idea of your mind kind of like a firework it's like opening up your your mind kind of sh- shutting out all the distractions that kind of go in into your uh, your mind you know when you're just speaking or you're talking there's countless things that you're thinking about but as soon as you start singing the praises of God, um, and the mu- where the music is in service of that as well, you're, um, it kind of shuts down a lot of those distractions and allows you to really focus on the God who saves you. and And I, I think that's the wonderful, uh, re- wonderful truth that we have. You know, mu- one of the arguments for new music actually is that you know, where people can, can, can connect, a new generation can connect with that as they hear maybe chords and, and, and features that kind of just help them shut down the distractions and focus on God. And, of course, here in Hope FM, you know, mm. we're, we see 
all of this new music coming through mm. and it, it's, it's like an, a never ending flood yeah. of talent coming our way from all over the world it, it's such a blessing actually to see, and also to see the, the range uh, of music that there's because I guess that gospel music reflects probably every genre uh, that you'd find out there you know in the secular world though I hit that word secular mm. yeah yeah there, there is so much I've actually got uh, one of my uh, my friends uh, I'm in my degree that I'm doing at the moment uh, he he's writing albums and he, he performs at Keswick and um, I, I absolutely just love his process he talks about you know how he how he engages with the word and it kind of overflows to the work that he's doing uh, and it's, it's fantastic but then he's doing more kind of traditional um, worship things that are actually a bit more akin to hymns uh, but there's also you know you hear about artists who are, who are trying to help uh, just show Christian music uh, for everybody you know I'm a uh, I really like Lecrae as a you know personally you know just uh, uh, just hearing hearing rap but rap that's pointing us to Jesus and yeah. and it's um and you know where you can engage with it on that level and you know I I personally been to things like Big Church Day Out in the past and you just get to enjoy music in all its forms but the other thing is I I don't know whether you watch Storms yet Glastonbury we're on Glastonbury again aren't we uh, this week but but actually when he was uh, singing about the gospel as the cameras panned to the to the audience and people were really engaging Mm. and what in lyrics of course which are very overtly Christian yeah certainly I mean I know Thomas is a uh, Storms is a controversial character yeah, in other ways, but 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 certainly you know uh, he was communicating. Yeah, and also he was utilizing. This is a definitely where you get my kind of music buff head going. But he uses chords that are traditionally found in gospel music, particularly in uh, uh, black dominant churches in London. So even the chord sequences that he's using, he's employing um, musical skill that he's actually learnt from church. You don't find those songs and the style that he's doing anywhere else but those churches so you can hear how this sacred music the music that they've he's been brought up on and he's now applying it and using it at glastonbury um and so i just think like for people of his you know his community actually i think they must hear this kind of wonderful kind of expression of who they are at the biggest stage uh, in the UK and hearing the gospel message as well so clearly and how it affects Stormzy in his own personal life. And yet he's controversial and he has how he expresses it is, uh, is, is in his own life. But actually, he's doing it. He's, he's, he's using his platform. Let's talk a wee bit about the, about the gospel. Yeah. In fact, I was interviewing Bryn Harth uh, mm. yesterday and he was telling me about how he came to faith. And one of the things that he shared was that he had, uh, he and his wife actually had gone along to uh, a tent that saw this, this sort of tent. It turned out to be a gospel meeting. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't really understand a lot of the language that the preacher was using. <laughs> uh, but there, but there was a, a sign, a big sign up about, you know, about Faith in Christ and that, and and whatever I can't remember the exact wording on the sign, but it was that that the Holy Spirit used to draw his attention. Mm. I mean, how would you uh, to people listening, Stephen? How would you sum up what the gospel is? Well, I always uh, and I'm sure uh, Dave Pegg from Pace would absolutely love what I'm about to say, but I love using the living tele- living and telling model, which uh, is the four points. Um, because it, it clarifies the gospel so succinctly, and that's the idea that you know that God loves us and He created us in His image, um, but 
sin has separated us. And that, so what is sin? Sin is where we say, shove off God, I'm in charge, not you. It's not really, it's the actions that we talk about sin, are they're just actions. But the root of them is this attitude where we think we can be in charge of our own lives, where we think that we can be the king of our own lives. And we think, shove off God, you're not in charge of my life. And so that separated us from him. And God's, God is, has designed us to be in perfect relationship with him, but that has separated us from him. Uh, and severed that and he is the he is the definition of what is good so when we separate ourselves from the definition of good we go into a place that has that is bad and evil um, and we now live in a creation that has good and evil as a result and the end place uh, when we end our life uh, we will have to make an account for who's in charge of who are we clinging on to um, and this is where Jesus comes in this is where God because out of that love he goes, I'm, you know, I love you guys so much. I'm sending myself in the sun uh, to take the punishment, uh, to take on that evil, take on sin's stranglehold and defeat it on your behalf. You can't do it. There's nothing you can do to get yourself to that place. Only I can do that for you. And so we have to, and this is where the question mark is always at the end. The question is, What's your response going to be? Are you going to have Jesus as the king of your life? Are you going to put your trust in him and what he has done for you? Or are you still going to say, shove off God, I'm in charge, not you? Um, and that's a choice uh, that is presented to all of us. And we've got to, um, and, and that, that uh, I've, I've shared that with people in the past and they've always gone, yeah, that really makes sense to me. It understands what sin is. Isn't it uh, remarkable that in our modern world that there's quite a majority of people who wouldn't have uh, any knowledge of what you've just sh- yeah. shared. Um, I mean, did you find that, you know, because obviously in your student days and, and of course now as a, as a pastor, you, you're sharing the gospel all the time in many, mm. many different ways. Uh, and, and people would say, I, I have never heard it like that before. Was yeah. this a common thing that you were hearing? Yeah, I think sin. It's, actually, I remember um, Billy Graham did an interview years ago about his, uh, you know, his big kind of uh, 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 talks and things, and uh, in front of thousands of people. And he said, "I can't do that now." And and he, people said, "Well, why can't you do that?" And I said, "Well, people don't understand what sin is. They don't know that they need saving, uh, and so the concept of sin is a thing that I find you really need to." help understand and even christians understand because often we see sin as the as the outward action the surface level thing so you know if i'm a parent and i you know it might be common it might be tempting to say oh you've you're you're sinning right now because of that naughty thing that you're doing you equate sin with naughtiness but sin's far deeper than the outward naughtiness. It's, it's really a, rebellion, isn't it's it? It's rebellion against God. And you've, you've got to say, understand the, the root of that first. And uh, that's why I speak, when I share the gospel, I speak so much about sin because I'm like, well, you need to understand that you need a saviour. So firstly, what, are you need, what do you need saving from? Um, and so let's talk about what is sin really? And then I can say, I'm just like you. I I rebel and I think that I know myself better than God all the time. I mean, obviously the Bible says the wages of sin, the fruit of sin, mm. the payment for sin yeah. ultimately is death, yeah. um, separation. And, and of course, I know in the past some people have used fear. Mm. 
Of course, it is. It is a truth uh, that you know that a life lived without Christ is a, is a dying without Christ. Yeah, where there is uh, there is no hope. Well, that's the wonderful Phil Wickham there with uh, Living Hope. Stephen Driver is my very special guest. And we're talking about the Bournemouth uh, Bible Week, which is happening between the 3rd and the 7th of July uh, with uh, morning and evening meetings. We'll give you a little bit more detail about where and when uh, as we, we go on. Uh, this Living Hope, sometimes, you know, when you when you watch uh, the television or you, or you listen to some people talking, they seem to suggest that, that this whole Christian thing was was not relevant for today's <laughs> yeah. I, Stephen I've not heard anything from you that, that actually would even suggest no. that, <laughs> that Christianity is not relevant maybe the fact that people don't understand it is the biggest challenge but then also I suppose that we have this other problem I mean, the Bible talks about the world the flesh and the devil being these big barriers, you know, mm. the world, I guess, the, you know, what everybody thinks and doing what everybody's doing, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, the, the flesh, obviously, is the continual battle with our with ourselves. I mean, you talked about lack of confidence. And I suppose one of the things is if you say, I haven't got confidence, the devil will always say, no, you haven't, brother. Mm. You're, you're, I would yeah. give up if I was you, you know. <laughs> uh, and... Um, um, and of course, the devil. Because I mean, a lot of people don't think he exists, do they? No. So that, that's one of the. I, I, I over the summer last year, actually, I was uh, reading uh, C.S. Lewis Screw Tape Letters, and um, it's always interesting to. I find that it's a really good book because it kind of talks about the nuance to. So it's a senior demon to a junior demon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in, and in the book, it's it's a wonderful, a wonderful read. Uh, you can get that, Keith Jones. Uh, of course, definitely get that, Keith Jones. And um, and it's a wonderful book because he really kind of just unpacks what the de- the devil's schemes are it's like well it's not going to be uh it's not going to always be that he's going to put you in loads of suffering because that's how, how we kind of if we imagine the devil we think oh the de- what the devil does is he give- makes really horrible things happen <laughs> actually in the book it, it, c.s lewis puts it, it's like well actually when we suffer a lot of the time that actually draws us to god and actually more and more it's the apathy it's that oh you don't want to do that you don't want to go to church today do you you don't want to oh that was a deep question i don't 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 think any more deeply about that that's you're you know you're english you don't you don't think that go there don't we don't go there that's that's we don't talk about politics or religion at the table that kind of thing and you know that's 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 more how that in my experience even my personal experience um you know, that's how uh, I I felt. You know, where you know you get this kind of nudge of going, oh, do you really want to do that today? Do you re- do you really want to share the gospel? Oh, the conversation was going so well when we were just talking about football, but now there's this little opening. You don't need to take that opening. You know, it, it's it's stay popular, stay popular. Yeah, don't don't ruin the conversation. Um, so you know, I, I think when we think about the the devil, he's he's very he's far more active than we ever. Uh, really consider in fact you know every doubt every niggle every insecurity um, you know it's coming it's coming from the spiritual realm trying to bring us down and it's not surprising when we think about our culture think the gospel wasn't relevant we're in a culture that is is you know i'm thinking about gen z and millennials which is you know my age and below you know we're 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 rife with anxiety and loneliness and despair and and all sorts and you're thinking well the gospel 
brings so much to bear in that. Well, see, it's interesting you should say that because yesterday I, I was reading that particularly in young women, the anorexia has mm. was rampant through uh, COVID. Um, and indeed, of course, mental health. Uh, and we're not talking about mental health. I mean, it's a problem mm. across the board, but particularly with young people. Yeah. Uh, with, with the millennials, Gen Z and so on. Yeah. Very much a big, big problem. So I guess this living hope. Uh, mm. and the, because the other thing, of course, that we can give the devil too much credit, can't we? Yes. Because, I mean, I love it whenever it says that, the, that when Jesus died on the cross, he made a public display overcoming by his death on the cross yeah. uh, uh, anything that the devil can throw at <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. So in a way, he's a defeated foe. It's just that, of course, we as believers have to appropriate that victory, don't we? Yeah, exactly. We need to, we need to apply what Christ has done to our own lives. We need to understand that however the devil may work in, in our lives, we, we have true freedom. We have freedom in Christ. And that that that. But the world is going to constantly make us think that that is not the case. What what about the church? I mean, obviously your life is evolving around the church yeah. community, and of course there's lots of church communities. Again, the church gets a right old knock, doesn't it, uh, and whatever. But but the reality is, of course, that, that the community of church, the people of God, because the church isn't so much a building; it's it's the people of God, mm. you know, wherever they are uh, situated and so on. But but actually, if you had to say to somebody, well, you know, I I. I want to believe in God, but I'm not so sure that I want to go to church every Sunday and you know, it's a bit boring mm. and whatever. Now, as a pastor, how would you counsel? If I was saying that to you, how would you counsel me? I, I would say that um, the, we need to see the church as a, a gift from God to us. It's a, you know, a phrase that I've commonly been told to, to utilise is this fact that the church is a means of grace by God. It's a, it's a way in which we can connect. And actually, again, we're going through Colossians actually at Broadstone Baptist at the moment. And, you know, one of the time and time again, uh, Paul utilizes the church as the means for which people will grow in their knowledge of God. So if you think you can just be an independent Christian, that is just not aligned with the Bible at all. Uh, and actually, you can learn, and that's just, we can see that in practice. If you go to church, it isn't just the, the service, you know, the, the kind of, you know, the for, formal elements and the teaching, though those things are so important. It's also the fellowship. It's also the get, learning off one another. And actually, Paul expects when we read Colossians that people will grow in their knowledge of God as they interact with one another, because we will point each other to God. And in Hebrews, we, you know, there's that, that call to spur one another on, you know, don't, don't give up that habit of meeting together. Um, you know, as others are in the habit of doing, come together. Um, you know, there is such a weight placed on the church. And we often, even Christians we just uh, who go to church, get church wrong. Um, we read things like, oh, we're a body, and then think, okay, we've all got our little departments. You know, we've got uh, the the youth ministry department over here. We've got the evangelist department the over here. The older people, of course. The older people well, over don't here. Don't forget the teas and coffees people. The, the teas and coffees people. But when you read um, Paul, he all, almost automatically, every time, goes straight into the relationship between the people. So he talks about the body, talks about different parts, but then... And the interdependence, isn't it? Yeah. He talks about being knit together in love. Uh, he's employing Psalm 139, how we're knitted together, how our body all has to work. We, we are knitted together in love as a church body. And so what I would say to a, uh, a Christian who's kind of considering not going to church, I would say you're losing out so much 
and you, you actually there's a disc- I was uh, reading a book actually by Tim Chester um, the other week and he talks about a burning coal if you had a imagine a, you've got a, a piece of coal and uh, and that that represents you and it's burning on its own now we know what's going to happen to that coal that coal is going to slowly but surely simmer down it's going to get it's going yeah. to go cold uh, but what if that coal was in a furnace with so many other pieces of coal? It's going to burn and it's going to go brighter and hotter. And that is a picture I find really helpful for the church and how we need to be in church together. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Now, Stephen Driver is my very special guest uh, today. Uh, We've been talking about the Bournemouth uh, Bible Week, and that's going to be uh, taking place between the 3rd and the 7th of July. The overall theme is growing in faith, hope and love. So Stephen will give us the the details. So uh, in the mornings, Mm. I think on three days of the the week, that's the Wednesday, Thursday and the Friday, uh, you're over at Christchurch Westbourne? Yes, yeah. So uh, if you don't know where that is, it's uh, you go into Westbourne, there's a a sign on the right, you go down there. And that's with Paul Coulter. And he is uh, from Living Leadership. He's coming over from Ireland. Uh, and uh, he's, he's got a massive passion for just us, uh, us, not just as pastors, but as Christians, constantly coming back to Jesus and uh, filling ourselves up with who he is and letting that overflow uh, to the people around us. And he's going to be t- uh, talking on the theme of faith. So on the Wednesday, faith and truthfulness. On Thursday, faith with foundations. And on Friday, faith in fulfillment. We'll come back to talking about yeah. faith in, in a moment, Steve. But then the evening meetings, now there's a change of venue then because then you switch to Citygate Church yes, uh, opposite Asda. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Lots of parking, though, in the, in the, in the Asda. That um, is, uh, if you want to ask, one of the main reasons why we use Citygate is the parking is fantastic. You don't have to worry about that. Just park in Asda and go over. Now, Colin Smith, obviously, is speaking every mm. evening, and he's speaking on the on the life of, of Peter. Yes. Uh, interest, interesting life to choose. We heard Darren talking about mm. that a wee bit earlier on, because I guess that we can all identify with Peter in one way or another, can't we? Oh, exactly. I think it's wonderful that um, it was Peter. Peter that Jesus chose to to uh, be the rock on which the church was built. And you can see, because it, he is such a, a flawed individual, he is the king of putting his foot in his mouth, isn't he? And, um, you know, but are you passionate, passionate man? And, um, you know, going, seeing how Jesus interacts with Peter throughout the Gospels, and, and obviously what Colin's going to be bringing out, you can see how uh, Peter's kind of a microcosm, really, for all of us. As I think he, I think there's a very obvious reason why the gospels highlight him um, because i think peter really shows us how uh, what the christian life is like there will be these times where you're just really going for it and you've got all the energy and you make mistakes but you kind of just go for it there are times that you just go I've, i have put my foot in my mouth and now I've, I've upset i actually where i think i can tell jesus what to do uh, which is what we see in uh, in mark 8 don't we, where he goes get you know what you say, you're not going to die, Jesus. You're not allowed to die. That's not how the Messiah works. You're wrong. And Jesus actually rebukes him. And um, surprisingly you know, enough, yeah. Um, and um, and and that that is such a situation for us where we go. No, Jesus. Um, no, I I'm I'm called to this really this type of life over here. How, um, you're wrong in thinking that I should talk to this person. That that's not that's not right. We do, we do it. You know, we do it all the time. And so I think Peter's a really 
I'm, I'm so glad we're doing it because Peter is, uh, you can, we can glean so much wisdom uh, from Peter's life and interaction with Jesus. Now, those evening meetings, uh, right Monday through Friday uh, from the 3rd to the 7th of July, they commence at 7.30 p.m. Uh, every evening and they mm. run until about, about quarter past nine in the evening. The morning sessions over at, uh, at Christchurch Westbourne will start at 10.30 mm. in the morning and they go through to 11.45 a.m. There's no need for tickets nope. and there is no charge. It's entirely open. So take this as your invitation. That's right, Stephen. Yes, yeah, certainly. Please, if you've never gone to the Bournemouth Bible Week before uh, or... Uh, and you've thought, oh, maybe I would just recommend go to it. It will, uh, you, your heart will be filled with joy. I, I, it is a wonderful uh, experience. I've been there obviously a number of times now. Um, I got invited to the Bournemouth Bible Week about five or six years ago. I didn't know what to expect, didn't know what it was going to be like. Uh, but one thing I certainly have got since going to it is just this overwhelming joy in the Lord and a confidence in His Word. Fantastic. We want no more than that. <laughs> Let's talk a wee bit about faith. Now, yeah. I know that uh, that in the morning sessions uh, that uh, Paul Coulter is going to be handling this whole subject. But of course, the gospel and sharing of the gospel, I guess if it was just down to us, it would be pretty, you know, mm. it, I guess the fear would definitely set in, wouldn't Certainly, it? Yeah. But of course, um, whether it be, you know, uh, you know, the sharing on that first day of Pentecost and mm. when they when Peter was empowered by the Holy Spirit, uh, to Philip going to the uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, uh, it, with all these encounters, and I guess that you've experienced this uh, yourself, Stephen, is that the God who calls us to go and share his gospel, to share the, the good news that Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ is alive today, uh, of course, the same God empowers us, gives us mm. the words to say. Can, can you remember, I mean, I give, give you a bit early warning that yeah, this question was coming, but can you remember the first occasion whenever you were conscious of this where you you realized that in the sharing that it was really communicating and that it almost was a bit of a setup yeah so um i was really kind of um going back into my uh, early uh, christian life to see what it was like and the main one i remember was actually when i was 17 so probably a bit i, I certainly had interactions before this but the one that really spro- came to mind was when i was 17 i did a um I did a, an outreach um, event called uh, React 2008. Urban Saints were involved, and it involved being on these fun uh, fun days across the UK. And I was uh, so I was very much set up to to share faith. But they gave us these questionnaires, and they were just generic questionnaires about you know what do you think about God, what do you think about this, and we got into this really deep conversation with this guy. <laughs> um, Oh, he was just ask, asking all the questions we wanted him to ask. It was like, oh, this is this is not how this is supposed to go. We got even got told, oh, you'll rarely get people who actually ask the questions you want um, to, them to do. Um, but this guy was asking all of the right questions, and and it just felt like, oh, this is amazing. We can just speak. You know, we were speaking Jesus into his life and put him into contact with the local church. And it was the you know, if you could go, this is how it's supposed to be, uh, it would have been like that. Now this next song, you know, Yet Not I, But Through Christ mm. In Me, of course it's about the empowering, isn't it, of, yeah. of, of the Holy Spirit. And I guess that this is the thing that the, that the fuel that all Christians have, and I guess the compassion that all Christians share, the mm. same compassion and love that Jesus had for the world, uh, is in us by the Holy Spirit of God, the supernaturally yeah. empowering. I, 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 I guess for you as somebody sharing the gospel, well, this is 
an essential part of your life oh certainly you know i i was recently at a, a leadership conference and they were talking about how you know the way that we share should be from an overflow of joy that we have in christ and for the holy spirit to be convicting us and point drawing us to him and so i often find uh know that if i'm uh wanting to do evangelism if i want to share jesus the thing to i need to do regularly uh daily Every moment that I uh, I'm alive, really, is come to that fountain of G- of Jesus to be filled with who He is, and know that it's not in my strength, it's not in my abilities that someone is going to be uh, brought into kingdom. It's 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 through God's work, God's. And I'm I'm I always like this phrase, a phrase I use often at church. Actually, is that our job is to join in with what God is already doing. You know that that it's not we're going to do something and God's going to join in with us and we need to pray for God to kind of get on board with our agenda. No, God has an agenda and we're getting on board with his. Uh, so yeah, that gives me great confidence. And of course, in preparation for the Bible week, uh, there, there would have been and there is a great deal of prayer. Mm. Obviously, clearly a lot of organisation because God, you just we don't just wait twiddling our thumbs for God to do it Yeah, all. exactly. Uh, there's a lot of work to do, but you use your God-given gifts and get on with it. But of course, all, all of it bathed in prayer. Certainly, you know, and, uh, you know, please do pray. You spoke earlier to Darren about, you know, people who aren't Christians coming, you know, we expect that in anything we do as, as Christians that there will be people who are just exploring faith um, for themselves or have professed faith for all their life but actually haven't really come to that place where they've, they know Jesus personally. And so, you know, I'd invite uh, listeners to, to pray that there will be people who come um, to this event and, and hear the gospel for the fir- in a way that convicts them for the first time. So there you are. That's an open invitation mm. to, to everyone to, to, yeah. to come along to some of those, uh, those meetings. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, Stephen Driver has been my very special guest as we've reflected on the Bournemouth Bible Week coming up on the 3rd to the 7th of July. Make sure and go along. Because uh, you did say it, I mean, obviously in your own experience, uh, it's it's an encouraging uh, event. And I guess I guess meeting with people uh, from all sorts of different mm. churches and indeed from not, some none at all, everyone's welcome, aren't they? Exactly, yes. If you, again, I'll, I'll reiterate what I said before. If you are wondering whether you can go, you can go. Please come. You'll enjoy it. There are some people, though, who think I'm just too bad a person, that God would not be interested in me, or I've done X, Y, and Z, mm. and whatever. Of course, the trouble is that when people think like that, then the devil is right on their shoulder saying, absolutely, that's right, you are yeah. like that, isn't it? But is anybody disqualified? Well, that's the wonderful truth of the gospel. Then no one is disqualified. I think if we were to we uh, to every listener, every per, you know, both of us in the room, if we would just take any moment of our day to contemplate our own um, sinfulness, I think we'd all come to the same conclusion that how could God love me? How could God uh, have time for me? And you know, I've I've had the privilege in the work that I do to work with a lot of people who have had um, backgrounds to probably the kind of person you're thinking of or you you know uh where they they don't think anyone could love them you know uh, they've been rejected they disqualify themselves they disqualify themselves they'll say you know what i've been rejected all my life i i'm not worth anything um 
how could God love me? Or I did this horrible, horrible thing, you know, um, you know, people in prison, you know, who have, uh, or, you know, convicted murderers who, you know, they would say, oh, I, you know, God couldn't love me. I've done such a horrible thing. Um, and actually, even in that uh, extent, we can say God, God loves you and you can come to him. You can repent, which repent just means, you know, do a 180, turn, turn to him, not just say sorry. Sorry is fine. But I often say this to my own children. I don't want just a sorry. I want a turnaround in behavior. I want, uh, um, and what, that's what we can do as well. We can turn, say, sorry, God, I haven't put you first. And actually everything that I've done has discounted me from you, but I can turn to you now. I always think of the prodigal son, you know, the prodigal son, uh, is the story of a, a boy who basically says to his dad, I want you dead. <laughs> you know he's saying oh, i want my i want my inheritance he's saying dad you're dead to me i want you're, you've clearly lived too long i want your stuff now um and then he goes off and squanders it all on, on living that's just completely against the dad and he comes to his senses at that moment he's like what am i doing here i'm in the uh yeah he wastes all his money he ends up in a, a pigsty and he turns around and goes i'm going to go back and maybe dad will let me be a servant maybe dad will just kind of have some level of mercy on me or maybe you know but i'm just going to try um and that's kind of where most of us are at we know we're we turn we turn to we turn around and we come to our senses but we think no well dad god well, god won't like me he might put up with me let's just see and then you kind of get to this scene where the son is coming over the hill and he uh, and the father sees him and the father the reaction of the father is amazing he just he he basically runs and jumps and gra- grabs his son and completely envelops him in his arms and you know he says my son was lost and now is found and they, there's a big celebration there's a big feast they you know they get the the best food to celebrate the return and so I'd say like the love of the father is so great so magnificent that no matter what we've done no matter how much we've rejected God no matter how much we've lived uh, a life that we know doesn't seem to align with what Christian values are um, we can all you need to do is turn around uh, and face God, and God will. God promises to wrap Himself around you and bring you into His kingdom happily. And of course, you'll be studying at the Bible Week the life of Peter mm. in, the, in the evening sessions. And of course, Peter himself, having walked with with the Lord, yeah. of course, denied him. And yes. Jesus, of course, told him that that would happen. But I love it, you know, when you get to the resurrection morning, you know, because yeah. when when the Lord rises and He says, "Go back," He says this to the leaders, and you go back mm. and tell the disciples, but particularly tell Peter mm. that I have risen. Yes. And I think, why did he? See, why did he? Um, single out Peter and of course he would have known the harlow Peter would have felt and yet right in that moment of triumph of triumphal resurrection the Lord remembers Peter and says encourage him tell him it's okay I have risen yeah yeah he's he's with Peter he's he's just shows so much patience with Peter Peter throughout the time before but that moment uh, of the resurrection he goes you know Peter come here and restores him and it just shows Jesus' endless abounding love for his people.
Uh, well, that brings us almost to the end of the mm. programme. Of course, we're going to go out with how deep the Father's love for us. It, it, it sort of encapsulates pretty much all that we're talking about. Love that took the Lord Jesus to the cross. Uh, love that welcomes all of us into mm. his presence. Do put, going along to the Bible Week, uh, you know, on your agenda, the 3rd to the 5th, of course, there was morning meetings at, at, at Westbourne. Uh, uh, and uh, there is a there is a website as well that people can check yes. out. Yes, yeah, BournemouthBibleWeek.org. Yeah. So if you go to BournemouthBibleWeek.org, uh, you'll get all the all the necessary uh, information there. And there's no doubt about it that uh, that you'll be meeting with other people. Some of the music, in fact, pretty much all of the music mm. that we've been played, and a good deal more besides, uh, will be reflected in the in the prayers uh, and, and and the worship side. So altogether, it's going to be a very uh, uplifting uh, time. Stephen, you've been a great guest. Uh, don't don't be a stranger. <laughs> uh, come back.